Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a So today we're looking at Galatians 3, 1 through 9. So let me encourage you to read it all. We looked at verses 1 through 5 yesterday, and we'll add on 6 through 9. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. So here's the question. Who are the real sons of Abraham? And Paul says that the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel. Remember, that's the central reality of his life, the central way we encounter the living Christ. It's through the gospel preached, and it was preached beforehand to Abraham. And then here's the gospel. All nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham. And so what Paul is doing here is he's coming back to the Galatians, and he's been telling his story, but now he comes back to their story, and he's confronting them with their unfaithfulness to the gospel as a result of the corrupting influence of the false teachers. So they're believing things that are not true. They're pursuing things that are in vain. And they began their Christian life well. They embraced the truth at the beginning, that they are sinners justified by grace in Christ through faith. But now they've adopted the view that circumcision and works of the law are also necessary for their salvation. And so the essence of Paul's argument is that their new position is a contradiction of the gospel. They knew perfectly well that the gospel is received by faith alone since their own experience. That's what verses 1 through 5 are all about. And then verses 6 through 9 show that this is also true from the plain teaching of Scripture. So these two realities, their experience and the teaching of Scripture, point them to this dynamic. Now, it's an interesting question. Why does Paul go back to Abraham here? Now, he will unpack this at much greater detail in Romans chapter 4. But you see that this idea of who are the real sons of Abraham, who are the real children of Abraham, are absolutely essential to the way Paul preaches and makes sense of and articulates the gospel. And 
Paul's opponents, the false teachers, were looking to Moses as their model. And so Paul, in essence, one-ups them because he goes back even centuries before Moses all the way back to Abraham himself. And here he's quoting from Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, where it says that, and he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness in which God first made the promise to Abraham. And so the whole question is just like the gospel and the spirit came to you as a gift. This gift also came to Abraham. Even before there was a law, the promise was there. It was first. And the testimony of Abraham is that despite the seeming impossibility, so it talks about Romans 4, that when he looked at his body and it was as good as dead, and he looked at Sarah's barren womb, the obvious physical impossibility of this promise coming to pass from a human point of view, Abraham still, he believed. He believed God. That's what faith is. And that's what Paul is highlighting here. It's hearing with faith. This word of promise comes to you and you believe. And so what happens when that, and so what does that belief bring about? Paul reminds us here that his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness, that's the key question. How can we become righteous? How is our relationship with God made right? And he was not justified because he had done anything to deserve it or because he had been circumcised or because he kept the law. And Paul's argument is it couldn't have been because of those things because they didn't exist yet. Having historical chronology in your mind can be very helpful. Be kind of like if you heard someone arguing about how the founding fathers of America use social media. I think, well, wait a second, social media didn't exist then. That's what Paul is saying. You're saying you have to be circumcised and obey the law to be put right with God. Well, that wasn't true for Abraham because those things didn't exist. He was put right just like we all are. This has been God's consistent pattern all throughout Scripture is because he believed. Faith filled believing with the word and promise. And then Paul then quotes Genesis 12, 3. So he strings together multiple quotations from Genesis. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he's highlighting the fact that the blessing of justification comes to all nations through Abraham. So this plan, this pattern that it was going to come to all the Gentiles through Abraham was established in the very beginning, even before there was a law. So perhaps the false teachers were telling the Galatian converts that the only way they could become real children of Abraham is through circumcision. But Paul's countering that by saying, no, they already are children of Abraham, and it's not through circumcision, but it's through faith. That's the point of verse 7. You be sure that those who are of faith, they're the ones who are the sons of Abraham. They're his children. They're his heirs. And so the Galatians have never been so foolish to fall under the spell of these false teachers. This message of the false teachers had captivated them. And that's a perennial danger. We're always in danger of the foolishness of falling under the sway of false teachers. And what's the remedy? It's found in verse 1. You keep Christ before your eyes. Christ crucified ever before your eyes. Then you won't be bewitched. You won't become foolish. 
And if they would have done that, they would have realized that this whole message that was being proclaimed so loudly and so powerfully by the false teachers actually contradicted the very gospel that they'd believe by faith alone. So again, it's worth pausing. Take a moment and just think. What were the Galatians what were the Galatians doing that led Paul to call them foolish? Oh foolish Galatians. And what would he say about us? If he came to us now, what would he say? Oh you foolish Americans. You foolish this. Now, can you think of similar situations in your own life where you're tempted to give up the glorious gift of the gospel for false teaching? One of the great difficulties and challenges of our day are that there are destructive false teachings that are dominating all public discourse. And it's absolutely essential for believers to keep the reality of Christ crucified, what that means, what that is, before their very eyes. The very core of Abraham's faith is that he believed God. What do you need to believe today? Don't be bewitched by the world. Don't be bewitched by false teaching. But ask him to help you to keep Christ and Christ crucified ever before your eyes. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father. 